PhDs at Work podcast, session one. Hi everyone, Michelle Erickson here, founder of PhDs at Work, and welcome to our first PhDs at Work podcast. Now, if you're a member of our network, you already know that I've been thinking about uh, launching a podcast for some time now. There's always been one reason or another to put it off. But uh, in line with the theme of today's conversation with our first guest, sometimes you just have to jump in, take that first step and get moving. So that's exactly what we're doing here today. We are jumping in. And uh, full caveat, jumping in also means we're working it out as we go. So I fully expect that there will be a few bumps in the road, and hopefully you'll stick with us. You'll hear a few of those in today's interview, actually. We had a few technical glitches, some dropped calls, quite a few moments like these. Okay, we're back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you know, it's all par for the course. And to make progress, you have to keep moving. And that's exactly what we're doing here today. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to our first guest, Sean Carson. I'm very pleased to have Sean as our first guest. He was actually our first Week in the Life guest blogger, helped to launch the One Year Later series, and so it seems only fitting to have him as our first guest here on the podcast. Sean works as a program manager at the Berkeley Art Museum and Pacific Film Archive. We actually know each other from our grad school days. We were both at NYU and both worked on a dean's initiative that developed uh, foreign language acquisition curriculum for a university-wide program. But Sean's PhD is actually in music composition. And as you'll hear uh, during the interview, that background and that experience as a musician has really strongly influenced his approach and how he explores opportunities and how he thinks about managing his professional career. We talk about the importance of being open to opportunity in its many forms, the distinction between a job and a career, uh, spoiler alert, that might be a false distinction, and the power of your network to help you see what else is out there and what's worth exploring. I mentioned to you earlier that we had a few technical glitches, so I'm just going to drop us in a little after the start of the interview. Here we go. I really loved that you are the very first guest blogger for our Week in the Life series, and I love that you're mm -hmm. our very first podcast guest. And I, oh, I, I just I think it's fantastic. And for what it's worth, I was thinking about it actually as I was giving some thought as to what we would talk about. And one of the things I was thinking about was how fantastic it is that you agreed to guest blog your Week in the Life mm -hmm. over a year ago at this point. Before you had any idea what the website would look like or how the series would be promoted or <laughs> who else would be blogging, it was a, it was a total leap of faith and trust. And I was thinking about it. And I was thinking that that is really courageous and brave for a number of reasons. And that speaks to, I think, a broader openness to opportunity in general. Sure. Well, yeah, I do think, though, that... Um, uh, some of it has to do with, um, you know, my background um, coming up as a musician and things like that. You know, you have to create opportunities for yourself. It's not the kind of profession where, you know, things fall into your lap or like, say, you know, you get an electrical engineering degree and then you go and you work for uh, Hewlett Packard or something, you know, and, and there's sort of like a, a, a path that you can take. You know, when you do something in music, you have to sort of make your own opportunities and look 
for ones that might lead to something and you just sort of try everything and, and see what falls into your lap in some ways. That's so true. So you recently wrote, and well, it's been, a, it's been more than a few months now, your mm-hmm. one year later piece. I did. And one of the things that you talked about were big changes coming up with the end of the year and, and mm-hmm. you were you know, starting to put some feelers out for ways that you could continue to, um, to produce events. Yes, yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. When, your, when your museum space was under construction or your, mm-hmm. your museum was in process of moving. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that a little bit? Can you sure, talk? Because yeah. That's essentially network- I mean, that's essentially networking, right? You're networking in your artistic that- community. That's exactly what it comes down to, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, all I think all I mean, any kind of community runs on networking, really. So it's it's hard to say that it's specific to the artistic world or the music world or something. But um, the uh, yeah, so my museum is closing down in, in December um, for closing to the public. That is, as we uh, get our new building put together, which is under construction now. I walk by the the site of the new building every day and it's fun watching it come together but it will be it will be closed and not doing very much in the way of public programs for a year and that includes our uh the friday night uh series of uh concerts and other performances that i've been uh, charged with doing um, for the last five years now um so i've been uh you know thinking about that year um and you know i sort of assume that the uh performance series will come back in some form in the new space uh but during this year when we're not doing that um you know again a lot of things are up in the air but i imagine i'll be assigned to other types of administrative duties and you know we're doing a lot the reason we're closed for a year is it takes a long time basically to pack up art and move it (laughs) but in the meantime i do have this sort of uh itch to continue doing what i'm doing and producing shows now you probably remember that I, I do help out with this uh, festival in New York called Look and Listen, uh, which is a yeah new music in art galleries is our tagline. Um, and that's still going strong in our 12th year. And we're planning for this coming year, the, the uh, 2015 season. Um, and so that's kind of fun being still being part of that. Um, but uh, I've been looking around locally and I think I actually may have found a, um, a, a nibble, anyway. <laughs> so, I actually have a uh, another small museum that just opened a year ago near where I live, of um, here on the on the peninsula south of San Francisco, where uh, they're actually interested in starting up a little like a mini version of the program that I've been doing at the Berkeley Art Museum for for several years now. And so, I may just help just on a volunteer basis, kind of help them out um, putting. Uh, a series of concerts together, maybe once a month or every two months or something. Um, and just being able to do that, I'm kind of excited about. And it was just sort of a, I walked in off the street and asked them. And they said, oh, that sounds great. And so I'm kind of in talks with them at the moment. Hopefully that will all come together. So That's did amazing because, well, we did have a little moment of, uh, we lost you a bit. <laughs> Disconnection again. Back. Yeah, I think I'll probably keep that in because I don't know. I think it lends to the, <laughs> the audio the, the authenticity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> sure. Kind of like, oh well, look, we're all you know this. 
We're still uh, we, figuring it out. We're still figuring it out. It's all good. So I am impressed that you, so I know that you are a very busy person with many things going on in your world right now. And putting <laughs> on one event a month is a lot of work. Well, I think that the tr- trick is just to choose simple things. And, you know, the, the, the folks I'm talking to here, uh, they're called the Peninsula Museum of Art, and they're here in Burlingame, California. Um, and like I said, this is at this point, just, you know, we're just sort of talking about possible doing something um but it would just be you know something hopefully just a, a smallish event it's a small space so they wouldn't have room to do something big um like you know a concert for 200 people or anything like that these would be you know small things hopefully you know local performers and uh just something to kind of uh keep the the galleries of the museum active and interesting and kind of draw in different crowds um and uh so that something like that would be relatively easy for me you know you just kind of draw on the network of people people that uh that you know and um and uh and you know just try to try to put together a series that that means something and and uh you know expresses something about um you know what i'm trying to do what the museum's trying to do what the you know what the uh, engages with the community in different ways so i'm uh, looking forward i think that's going to work out and i'm looking forward to to uh, working with them it sounds amazing it, yeah. I also love that you said, I don't know if you said this as a, as a phrase of speech or if it's actually how the conversation started, but you said that you walked in off the street. And yeah, I just walked into the museum because it's very funny because I didn't know it existed. And I had uh, just driven by and seen all these uh, sort of like they had some uh, kind of banner or flag or something out on the street and said, there's an art museum right here. And it's only like eight, bl- eight blocks from my house or 10 blocks from my house. And I couldn't believe that it was there. And I just, so I just walked in and they said, yeah, we've been here for almost a year. And, or I guess it's been over a year now. Um, and the person I talked to when I walked in was the director of the museum just happened to be volunteering at the front desk that day. So I just sat and chatted with her for an hour and, um, it was uh, it was a great conversation. I think, like I said, I'm pretty positive it's going to lead to something. And if not, I you know I've, I'm following up on other possibilities too. So hopefully this will all work out. That's amazing. I think it really. I, I, what I love about I mean I hope it works out. The yeah, me proximity too. to your house is amazing, and yeah. the opportunity <laughs> to help you're helping grow a museum when you right. come in at that early stage. That's mm-hmm. huge. Yes, you really help set the tone for. The, yeah. you know, the, what kinds of work they'll be showing and the level of engagement and how they interact with the public. Exactly. That's actually one of the things I'm, I'm most excited about, about this, uh, hopefully, an opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be great if that worked out. Yeah. I, I really love that you just walked in off the street and mm-hmm. admittedly, right place, right time. The director happened to be sitting yep. there. <laughs> but, you know, you, the only, yes, that was good fortune, but... If you hadn't walked in the door and started, yeah, sure. you know, being friendly and asking questions and talking with someone and sharing some of your own work and insight and expertise, that's mm-hmm. an opportunity that never would have happened. Right. No, that's exactly that's exactly right. You know, I've been kind of actively looking for some opportunities to do something, like I said. And so, you know, I'll, I'll go in and, and talk to folks where I you know, can kind of see that something might work or whatever. And this, like I said, was a surprise. I didn't even know the, the institution existed. It was so close to home. Um, and so it uh, was very serendipitous. This is one kind of, well, it's, it's one kind of networking. It's putting yourself out there, taking sure. a risk, looking for opportunities, 
uh, that may or may not be there and, and, and not just opening the door, but stepping through and peeking mm-hmm. your head around and, and being chatty, right? Right, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's really <laughs> important. What do you think, uh, looking back, what do you think are the best, well, I'm going to hit pause there. One of the reasons that I like to have um, guest bloggers who are at least, say, five to seven years out of the degree, graduation, sure. and, and five to seven years into a career path is that I feel like it's just enough time to, you know, let go of some of that emotional baggage and <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> have a little uh, perspective uh, that is uh, maybe a little bit of a clearer head, maybe even a little nostalgia, but nostalgia in a good way, not in a, mm-hmm. not in a, what might have been way. Sure. And, um, and I think it just it gives you better perspective. So you you fit that profile. What are your when you look back? I mean, do you even remember? How vividly <laughs> do you remember that time when you were in grad school? Out, well, not grad school, but you know, grad school is its own game. But right. that period immediately after. Oh, I see. You know that um, time when you're mm-hmm. like, is this gonna is this gonna work out the way I thought it would? Right. Yeah. Oh, I remember it pretty well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I mentioned earlier in the uh, other segment of the podcast that I Mm -hmm. have a daughter who was born right when I was finishing my degree. Um, So it was, uh, it's everything, all those memories are kind of mixed up with that happening, I guess. (laughs) So I had this little toddler walking around as I'm, you know, trying to, uh, uh, you know, write my dissertation and everything. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, I don't know how, I don't think my case was particularly typical. Um, I don't know. Um, the department I was in as a grad student was, uh, most of the faculty, um, were kind of of an old guard um, who got their jobs, you know, in the 60s and 70s when the uh, academic role was kind of different. And, you know, it was the idea that all of us as grad students should be getting out there and going to lots of conferences and doing a lot of publishing. And in the case of composers like me, like you know, selling yourself and getting as many performances of your music as you can. Um, that was still kind of a new idea to, you know, the faculty that I worked with um, for the most part. I shouldn't, you know, I'm painting in broad strokes here. but um, And so it, it kind of came as a shock to me when I started getting to the end of uh, my degree and I would... I realized, you know, I'm looking at my CV and realizing, you know, I don't have any publications at all. And I never really thought about uh, doing that while I was an undergrad. And again, I'm not, it's not like I'm blaming people that I worked with, but it was just sort of like, I guess the culture of the place didn't sort of feel like that was something I should be doing. Um, and then I realized that I hadn't done it and that <laughs> that was going to be a problem when I was looking for a job, <laughs> among other things. Um, and, you know, it was also just kind of a, a tricky time anyway um, for, uh, you know, looking for academic jobs. I guess it's always hard. It's probably only gotten harder since. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of came to a realization that, that the odds of myself getting a 
uh, you know, even like that sort of starter first adjunct faculty job was going to be really tough. Um, and that I needed uh, to have a sort of uh, steady, reliable income since I had uh, an infant. <laughs> so, um, so uh, you know, I, I kind of made decisions to sort of pull away and uh, from the academic side of things and look for other work. And, you know, there were lots of different things that I did and meandered around. And, you know, I ended up at the job I have now, which I love. It worked, it has worked out wonderfully. So, uh, but yeah, it was a, it, those few years were kind of kind of uh, tricky and fraught, and you know I was very worried about what I was going to uh, end up doing or end up being able to do. One of the things I remember about your week in the life series was that you, I think you mentioned that you wish you had moved on faster. I do, yeah, I do kind of wish that I hadn't spent the. The all the time, uh, you know, applying for academic jobs, um, and sort of thinking, oh yeah, this this will this won't be a problem. I just need to find the right one, and it'll be it'll be fine. Um, I kind of wish that I had you know started looking into other alternatives right away, um, or you know, I know. I have a couple of friends who never even bothered finishing their degrees because they found this other thing that they liked doing um, and just, you know, just stopped, <laughs> you know, never wrote the dissertation and just, you know, kind of stopped what they were doing. I mean, I, I don't, uh, I, and I loved being in graduate school and I, I actually loved writing my dissertation. I loved all the research involved. I had a great time. It was, it was, you know, really pretty wonderful for me. And I've, I'm really happy to have had the experience. Um, and, you know, I really carry things that I learned during that forward. Um, but that said, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I do sometimes kind of wish that I had, you know, instead of assuming that this uh, this path into a an academic job was was there if I just pursued it hard enough that I had, you know, looked around, you know, raised my head up a little bit and looked around some more um, earlier on. You know, you live and learn. Yeah, I I, I have to wonder though. I, I think about this a lot actually because, um, you know, I speak with a lot of uh, current graduate students and sure recent graduates, postdocs. Who, when I, you know, they they come to me and they say, I I really want to, you know, I want to do something different, and and we talk and ask some questions, but just based on the conversation with them, the questions they ask, and the answers that they give to my questions, I can tell that they're still on the fence, that they're still, mm -hmm. they're not fully committed to, the idea of moving on and trying something new, and right, you know, there's a community of thought that says they need to just get over it and move on. Mm -hmm. But I just I yeah. have to wonder if mm -hmm. you had to go through all of that. You had to go through those lean years, those challenging years, th those those exact years that when you're talking, you say, yeah, I kind of wish I'd moved on faster. I wonder if you could be where you are now if you hadn't mm -hmm. done that and gone through uh, that. Yeah, no, probably not. That's exactly, that's exactly right. I mean, I think that the... Uh, the real key is just always keeping options open, I think, rather than... Yeah, I think the the trick is the the, the trick that's played on all of us. <laughs> um, <laughs> really, something like it's sinister, but it's not. Um, is this feeling that there's a a path or a direction that you can take, and if and you need to devote all your resources to this, to 
give yourself the best chance of succeeding in this, whatever your field is. Um, and that's not really true. I mean, I was, uh, everyone does other stuff in graduate school besides just studying and uh, teaching and the things that you need to do. Um, you know, there's, there are other things that you do and other opportunities that are around. And so I think the, the real, I guess what I mean when I, when I say that I wish I had started earlier is that I wish I had done other things also. Mm. Um, you know, and I, you know, I did find other full-time, uh, part-time and full-time work um, in the days that I was, you know, doing a lot of applying for academic jobs. Um, but none of it was stuff that I would consider doing for a career. Mm-hmm. It was always just, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I need to make some money with steady income and this is good enough and I like the people I work with, so this will be fine for now. Um, and, but I, I hadn't thought of any of it becoming an actual career for me until uh, later, um, you know, that, and then, uh, you know, like I said, having that shift of, attitude or perspective, I think, is what made me realize, okay, well, this is something I'm doing now, and it could grow into this, and it can grow into that, that and, um, you know, or uh, keeping my eye open for other possible opportunities in other places, and, um, you know, where I landed was kind of a, an interesting synthesis of all the things that I had done before, because I'm working on, you know, a big research university's campus, but it's in the arts, and it's, you know, it has to do with visual art, but really is more about uh, music, which was my background, and other sorts of uh, performance. And I just have a certain set of skills, like uh, <laughs> the guy in Taken. I have a certain set of skills, <laughs> and it just happened to uh, you know fit this job. And I know that there are other jobs out there like it. And I know that there are other maybe dissimilar jobs that where I could apply other skills that I have uh, you know accumulated and and pulled together over the years. Yeah, it has a funny way of working out. Even yeah, uh, I mean, it did in my it did in my case. I don't, I don't know if it works for everyone, but it, it certainly did for me. Well, I think there's also perspective, right? So you yes. have we all we all you know we all narrate our own story, and it's yes. it's up to us <laughs> to, to how happy or sad we make the protagonist. And, and yes, very true. And if you know if they're going on a high road or if they're heading down into a low road. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that's also part of it. But I absolutely can relate to what you said about you had all these other jobs and you never really thought about them as careers. Right. Uh, I I did a million things to earn money. I I managed a doctor's office for, I don't know, a couple of years. (laughs) Anything you want to know about medical billing, I have the answer. (laughs) You're the um, one everyone wants to talk to. I know, I know. It, but here's the here's the funny thing about that. I was, you know, as you were talking, and I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about those early days that that very first resume, that first resume that's the transition from the CV to the resume. Right. Yes. Uh-huh. That horrible resume. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, so awful. Um, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about what that resume looked like, and I never listed my experience managing that doctor's office on that oh, resume uh-huh. right? because I never thought about it as it was right, just as, a means to an end. I was like, right, I have exactly. to mm-hmm. pay my rent and I, you know, I need to buy some food and right. I've got to pay for a subway ticket to get me to work at the university. And yep. uh, that's all that's going on here. 
Exactly. <laughs> and I, you know, I never really, I never thought about, it was, it was completely compartmentalized in my head. And, and here's mm-hmm. the real kicker. I think this is really speaks to how good we are with helping others and how really not, <laughs> not good. <laughs> I'm going to go with it. We can be when it comes to ourselves because I remember very, very distinctly uh, looking at my students uh, so, you know, we were both at NYU mm-hmm. and I was teaching a 2-2 course load, right. instructor of record, mm-hmm. and uh, making $9,000 a year. It was fantastic. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I remember looking at those students, my undergraduates, and thinking to myself, oh, these kids, they're so full of potential and energy and they're Mm -hmm. so interesting and they're in New York City and the world is their oyster. They can do anything. You know, they're out there. They come into class and they're telling me about their internship at CNN and they're they're doing this at this (laughs) movie studio and they're doing this at, you know, some consulting firm and they were just doing all of these amazing things Mm -hmm. as 19 and 20 year olds. Yeah. And I sat there and was like, oh, to be young, to be them. You know, I had this whole... Yes. Of course, you were (laughs) almost as young and had had just as many exciting experiences, but you don't don't turn the lens on yourself, right? Exactly. There was absolutely, looking back, there was absolutely no reason. I couldn't have been doing the same thing, Uh, but Mm -hmm. in my head, I just had completely compartmentalized that, and I think that's... um, I don't know what that is, but I think it yeah. happens to a lot of us. Mm-hmm. I think so too. It's uh, it's interesting because you know, uh, you know, there's that sort of uh, follow your bliss thing about getting a career, which I, I do think is good advice because you you always want to do something that's not you know going to you know drain you emotionally or just leave you numb or whatever in your job. Um, but sometimes we, I think we do get blinders on it. Like, well, I have decided that I want to do this. And everyone says that what you do is you put all of yourself into this one thing. And that's what gets you, you know, to the top of the thing, you know, whatever that is. And, and academia, it's very easy to fall into that kind of a mindset. Yeah. yeah when, I think we, I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm definitely a pro- not a proponent of the follow your bliss school. Yeah. Are you? Um in in a in a general way, absolutely. I do I do think that you have to do something with your life that gives it uh, meaning and makes you uh, and doesn't uh, so you don't feel like every moment is a drudgery. Um, so, but I don't think that the idea means that 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 implies automatically that you have to throw all of your being into that one pursuit. So I do think everything needs to be balanced. I think you need to, uh, you know, be open to lots of other opportunities and, you know, see what, uh, see what comes and what, what other things you might pursue and see where they lead, you know? And so, but yeah, I mean, I think we, it's very easy to, um, you know, you're saying we narrate our own story, which is true. And, but it's very easy to fall into the feeling that we are, uh, each of us is a protagonist in something 
that's simplistic, like an action movie where you like you just you're just getting from the beginning. Here, there's a problem. You solve the problem, and you get to the end or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, at, you know that that's not really what it is, and that life is much more messy than that. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, uh, you know, things change and paths shift, and you know, you have to be you have to kind of take always be able to take a look at the landscape around you and and find a new path if that's what you need. Yeah. Yeah. I am a, I'm a, yeah, I I think actually part of what I don't like about the whole follow your bliss or um, scenario or do what you love Mm -hmm. implies that you have to first find the path that encompasses the thing you love or that is your bliss. And then you take it and you follow it. And Mm Uh, I just, I think that's a, that's a really good setup for, you know, wandering in the desert for a very long time. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I'm much more a fan of seizing on opportunity that may or may not be what mm-hmm. you're looking for. And once you're there, once you're inside to making your own meaning, to creating your own opportunity to, yep. um, and, and, and usually that can be found wherever you are. Yeah. Absolutely. And just like I'm just thinking about your role at the museum, right? You weren't hired to produce these events. But I was not. That's true. You got in there and you were like, hey, I have a great idea. What if we... <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. That's that's basically... You know, and it's... Uh, it's that's, that's exactly what you're trying to say, I guess, really. I mean, it comes down to uh, uh, trying to make the make the path that you want and, you know, kind of carve it out. And like I said, I think imagining that there is a certain singular route to take to get to a goal is the is a downfall because it's that's rarely true mm. so rarely true yeah any do you have any key insights or if I knew then what I know now or <laughs> you know, um, what's geez, the one know. thing oh oh what's the one okay what is your one piece of advice that you would offer to someone <laughs> right if someone's like I want to fill in the blank I want to you know find something I want what's the one thing they can do tomorrow starting tomorrow that oh, would man. make a difference for them so I think I think what you do is you uh, is you reach out to people you know and uh you know and say hey i'm looking at changing careers or looking look at le- or at least looking at other career paths from this one that i've been on for a while and you reach out to everybody you know and say what do you think and somebody might say well if you're really serious about it i know someone who does this and then that might or may not lead to something. Um, or someone will say, no, absolutely not. You shouldn't do it for this or that reason. And somebody else uh, might say, well, good luck. And then maybe three years later, they say, are you still interested in doing that? And because I know this thing that happened, you know, and I really think, you know, more than more than ever, uh, probably more than ever in history, <laughs> um, you know, who you know is uh, is become so so important to uh what you do as a career especially if it's you know a you know a, a professional career where you know, you're pursuing something where uh it's going to be you know what you profess what you what you do with your life um 
being able to have a, a bunch of people who are kind of on your side or at least know about what you are trying to do. And this is where all those things like LinkedIn do come in handy, I think. Um, you know, you know what people are up to around you. And, you know, there have been times when, you know, a job opens up somewhere that I happen to know about and I can kind of hook someone up and say, you know, you might want to try to apply for this. Um, or, you know, that, you know, other kinds of opportunities. Um, you know, in the arts world, it's always, uh, you know, applying for grants and things like that. And, you know, sometimes opportunities come up where you know about a place that does a residency that happens to be like the perfect timing for someone else. So, and anyway, uh, getting back to your, the question you're actually asking, <laughs> I think, uh, I think it's, uh, I think the thing to do is to engage your, uh, your friends, your family, your, uh, your community, uh, the folks that you know. And uh, the thing that you can do tomorrow is just to ask people what they think. Just kind of get and, – and just just doing that, um, there's, there's a – I think there's a reticence to do that. There certainly was on my part in the past because it makes it sound like, I guess I'm a failure at this. Um, but that's not really what it means. I don't think most people take it that way. I mean, they might say, "Oh, so you're really after all the time you spent, you know, learning about, uh, you know, 16th century French literature, you're really going to give that up?" And you know, um, and then it's a, it's you, a very very useful field, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, and then you say, "Well, it's not that I'm giving it up. It's you know, it's uh, you know, I'm interested in seeing what else is there." And people understand that. I think everyone these days knows that, you know, the job market works based on, uh, connections and everything, every, every job is temporary and nobody ever these days ends up getting a job that you just stay at and, you know, working for one, uh, in one way, in one capacity for one company or one institution for decades that just, it's just not the reality anymore. Um, so you, uh, so everyone knows you need to always be looking, and so there, there shouldn't be any shame in asking around and just making taking that first question, saying, "What do you guys think?" and just see what happens. Um, just you know, trust yourself to do the right thing in some ways. You know, you need to you need to kind of dig down and realize, you know, okay, these are the trade offs that I'm making. I'm going to I'm going to get this, but I'm not going to get that. I'm going to take a chance on this, but I'm uh, you know, throwing away my chances of that. And so it's just a matter of, of, of making that, you know, balancing that equation out and figuring out what your best uh, choice might be, you know, and that might mean that you, uh, you ditch the patch, the path that you're on completely and you start from scratch doing something else. And maybe it's in a, uh, depending on what it is, it might mean starting at the bottom of the totem pole in some other world, uh, you know, a completely different, you know, non-academic and non-university-oriented uh, uh, or uh, type of uh, place, whether that's in business or it's in, uh, I don't know, some kind of, uh, you know, consulting or whatever whatever it is, um, and just kind of building your way up from scratch again. And that's a possibility, and I, mean, I don't know, it seems like there there's endless possibilities. It's hard to, hard to pin it down to one one next step, at least in my in my opinion. Maybe you have better. You've you know you've talked to many more people than I have. Uh, well, I I think you you're spot on when you say there's no one answer, and every situation is in in the in the way that every situation is unique. Every situation is also the same. <laughs> you know, it's 
There's sure. nothing particularly original about any of our struggles and transitions, mm, uh, but they, they're all exceptionally unique because they are our uh, transition right. stories. Precisely. Um, yeah. yeah, so I, I totally get what you're saying. It's, it's tough to come up with a single single step and and I certainly didn't mean to set you up that way (laughs) Um, (laughs) but um, you know I think just to sort of take us full circle to where we started I do think being brave is key and being brave it can be being brave and making a decision uh, but it can I I might I might um, uh, I spend a lot of time in my head uh, which Mm -hmm. I think is typical of someone who has you're the most extroverted introvert that I've ever met. <laughs> um, but I spend a lot of time in my head. So being brave around a thought or a decision is not as challenging for me as being brave around action. Mm-hmm. So that for me is always much harder. Right. Th- you, so You mean in terms of like actually sending in the resume or actually like, you know, Doing something. Doing something, right? yeah. Getting doing out there and something. pounding the pavement or whatever. <laughs> and you also have to be willing to take a bunch of failures, too. Um, you know, just you uh, you try things and you realize that, that that interview didn't go well, but you've learned something from it. So, in a way, you think of it as, oh, it's practice for the next interview. And, you know, it's not – you can't put all the weight on a single opportunity or a single instance, you know, exactly. and you just have to, you have to learn to, to roll with it. Any last words of advice or thoughts or anything you think, um, well, any last words? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, let me just say it's really been a pleasure, Michelle. And, and like I said, I'm very flattered that you asked me um, to be on this. And um, I guess the parting advice, I think the theme that we came up with as we were going through the conversation is just be brave. Thank you, Sean. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us for our first podcast. You can find us online at phdsatwork.com. There you can read about all of our guest bloggers, check out events, new job postings, and most importantly, you can send us feedback. Let us know how we're doing, suggest topics for future podcasts, all that good stuff. PhDsAtWork.com. And finally, a very special thank you again to Sean Carson for being our first guest and for composing the music you hear playing in the background. And uh, thanks to all of you. You're, you're part of our network. You're, you're what makes this all work. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.